I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. You are listening to a bonus episode of Becoming Moms. And not just that, you are listening to my pregnancy diary. At the beginning of my third and likely last pregnancy, I decided to document the experience and I have not held anything back. I talk about my fears, my emotions, how I'm feeling and coping. It's about to get real. Okay, let's talk about fetal movement. So I am 29 weeks pregnant right now and I thought this was the perfect Um, installment of my pregnancy diary to get into the topic of fetal movement. So I believe that everyone with a few exceptions should be keeping track of their fetal movement once they get to 28 weeks. Once in a while we have people start keeping track a little bit earlier if they're higher risk, but for most people it's going to be at that 28 week mark. Now there are some people in which keeping track of fetal movement may not be the best idea for them, um, I have heard from from some people that it really increases their anxiety, and I think that's something to take into consideration. You know, I think that we do have data that tracking fetal movement can um, decrease the risk of uh, stillbirth, and so I think it's important as long as there isn't a a really you know big reason not to do so to um, keep track of your fetal movement. So there are two different techniques. Um, that people can use to track fetal movement. The one that has some pretty good data on is actual fetal kick counts. And fetal kick counts are done once a day. The studies had them do, uh, people do once a day and see how long it took to get 10 movements. And their instructions were to these people were if it takes more than two hours, call your provider or or go in to be evaluated. And that intervention reduced the risk of stillbirth. So that is fetal kick counting. And there's a lot of different ways. You'll you'll see people have apps. Your provider um, may give you a a sheet of paper that you can use um, to do fetal kick counts. So there's many different ways that people do it. But that is the standard, the way that that it was done in the studies. And then there's a um, a, a different method called the general awareness method. And that's just having an idea of how frequently you typically feel your baby move, how active they are, and paying attention throughout the day to baby's movement. Generally just being aware and you know, being aware of how long it takes you on a usual day to feel fetal movement. So I personally do fetal movement as a little bit of a blend between fetal kick counts and the general awareness. Uh, method. When I am working or I know that I have a really busy day, I actually take some time out of my day 
at the beginning and at the end to check in with fetal movement. Because I know myself and I know that I, if I'm busy, like I'm in my head, I'm not paying attention to fetal movement throughout the day if I'm busy. If I'm just, you know, if it's a Saturday and I'm lounging around, I'm paying much, my attention is much more focused on how much baby is moving. So I know that on days that I'm busy and that I have meetings, etc., I need to check in in the morning and in the afternoon. And the way that I do it is starting around 28 weeks, I get an idea of how long it takes my baby to move, or actually, I shouldn't say that. I get an idea of how long it takes me to feel 10 movements from my baby, because they're moving all the time. We just don't feel all of their movements. Um, and so I have a number where it's like, okay, it usually takes 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Um, with my, each kid, it's interesting, has, ha has had, um, I've felt, uh, you know, different amounts of fetal movement. So some babies move more. Um, my placenta is on the front this time. It was also with Celeste, my first pregnancy with Oliver. It was um, on the back and he moved. <laughs> it was like moving around there like, you know, it was going bananas in there. So anyway, I set a normal for me and it has to be updated periodically. So as you get further along, you typically feel more movement because they're stronger. So um, when they move their arm, you feel it more. Now, I have heard the one thing that I really want to make sure that all of you hear from this is I have heard people say, um, oh, it's normal for baby to move less at the end of pregnancy. And that makes me really, really nervous. And here's why. Okay, the, the risk of stillbirth increases the further along, you know, the closer that you get to term, okay? Um, and especially once you get to your due date and past your due date, that risk goes up. So I really don't like telling people, oh, the baby's going to move less because that's not technically true. Their movement, the quality of their movement changes, okay? They do not have the same room to, you know, to do the flips and to do all the things. But so it may take you paying a little bit more attention, just like in early, earlier in pregnancy, when it's more subtle, the movement later in pregnancy can be more subtle. But I think it's actually, it gets the importance of doing kick counts and paying attention to baby's movement gets more important the closer you get to your due date and beyond. So that always makes me really nervous when I hear providers or when I hear people say, oh, baby moves less towards you know, um, the end of pregnancy. Um, there are also um, some ideas out there like, oh, once you go into labor, baby moves less. Okay, that might be the case because, you know, you are spending some of your time, if you're, if you're in labor, you know, you're contracting. And so if baby is moving, you're not necessarily, <laughs> the contraction is overwhelming, an overwhelming sensation, right? So you might not be feeling baby move during that time. However, that should not, if you are feeling decreased fetal movement, reach out to your provider or go in to your labor and delivery to be evaluated. You know, it's never, I, I just don't like any of these like reasons, these explanations for why, because the reality is, is that sometimes um, the, what's like baby is not doing well and needs our help. And the only sign that you have is that their movement has decreased. So that's another reason I get this question all the time. It's another reason why I'm not a huge fan of home Dopplers. I think they're, you know, they're not as 
there's the potential for harm is much lower when your baby is not viable. So before 23 weeks, before a baby's really viable outside of the womb, you know, for 14 weeks, you want to check and see if you can get a heartbeat. Okay. You know, um, it's, it's not as a big, as big of a deal for me. Um, and I'll explain why in a second. Okay, let's pause here because I want to share a free resource with you. If you are pregnant or trying to conceive, you may be feeling a little stressed, trying to make sure you're doing all the right things. And of course you are. This is your baby, right? It's your family and you care a lot. And there's a lot of information and opinion out there, much of it is conflicting about what you should and shouldn't do. And it can be really overwhelming when you're figuring it out all on your own. So I created a free class to help you reduce stress and optimize your wellness and pregnancy. In this class, I'm going to review four simple ways you can make your pregnancy easier and healthier so that you can spend your time and energy nourishing yourself and your baby in pregnancy. So head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to grab your free spot in this incredible free class. There is still downsides, I think, to using home Doppler in early pregnancy, just because it can be really difficult to find the heartbeat and then that can just increase anxiety. And also tell you the difference between your heartbeat, your heartbeat and baby's heartbeat uh, can be challenging, okay? Because a normal fetal heart rate is between 160 beats per minute, and 110 beats per minute. Guess what? Pregnant people, some pregnant people, their baseline heart rate is 110 beats per minute. So are you picking up just you or are you picking up baby? So that's why I'm not a huge fan of home Doppler at any point, but I really don't like it once your baby's viable. And here's why. If you, what this is how people use it. They say, oh, um, I'm not feeling baby move. Let me check heartbeat. Oh, heartbeat's there. Cool. No, no. Okay. When you feel decreased fetal movement and you, you come in to see us on, you know, in triage, um, on labor and delivery, we don't just check to see if the baby's heart rate, you know, heart is beating. No, we put you on the monitor for at least 20 minutes and we watch to see, you know, what is the heart, what's, what is the heart rate? Is the heart rate varying? Are there any dips in the heart rate? So we are looking for specific things to be able to tell you, you know what? Um, it looks like your baby is well oxygenated. It looks like everything's okay versus we're seeing some concerning signs here. Sometimes it's enough to deliver you. Sometimes it's like, you know what? We really need to do an ultrasound or admit this person for observation. We need to, you know, we need more data. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of, of home Doppler because it can be reassuring. It can reassure people when they shouldn't be reassured. So I think fetal movement, um, check, you know, checking in on fetal movement is really, really important. And the explanation for for it is basically that just like when you are sick and not doing well, you may not move around as much, same things happen for babies. So it's really our only tool that we have at home in between our offices to check in on baby. And I also really love it. I, I see it as an opportunity to kind of talk to and bond with baby. So um, especially before bed, I use that opportunity to kind of, you know, lay down, cup of tea, whatever it is, and um, just, 
talk to baby. Sometimes I do it internally. Sometimes I say it out loud. You know, um, I, I really like having that, that bonding experience where I'm, I'm feeling their movement and all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I hope you, um, learned something from this installment of my pregnancy diary. I am, you know, other than the physical kind of discomforts of pregnancy, you know, some challenges with sleeping because, um, I think this is a big baby. <laughs> some you know discomfort there and just you know the regular kind of pelvic pressure and back pain and that kind of stuff other than that I'm feeling um really good and just you know this is very very likely likely my last pregnancy so there's both a huge sense of relief there because oh my gosh I don't want to do this again but also a there's of course going to be sadness because it's like okay this is it this is the last pregnancy and I um you know think about the the last newborn baby that we're going to have but I'm so excited for the future too so um it's hard to let go in parenting and say okay we're really going to move beyond this you know this cycle of having little kids and trying to conceive and getting pregnant, like we're going to move beyond that. And there's some sadness there, but I'm so, so excited for the future too, because these kids, um, they just keep growing and surprising me. And I just love it. I love it. So, um, so yeah, uh, again, hope you learned something and uh, I hope you're doing well until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you are looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to sterlingparents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to sterlingparents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.